Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Pro Beautiful podcast. I don't normally record in the midst of a rainstorm, so (laughs) if it sounds a little bit pinging, that's why. But I had this really fascinating experience where in the course of about 48 hours, a specific story from the scriptures came up multiple times. And it's such a beautiful story. I wanted to share it and maybe some thoughts related to it. So the story is out of John 21, when the disciples kind of bored with waiting for Jesus to give them their next orders, went back to fish and they had fished all night and hadn't caught anything. And so then when Jesus is on the shore, he says to them, did you catch anything? And they say, no. And he says, throw your net on the other side. And this is such an interesting story to me because it's a bookend of the exact same scenario that plays out earlier in the Gospels. And now here you have this one playing out after Jesus is resurrected. At the beginning, they didn't recognize him because they didn't know him yet. And at the end, they don't recognize him potentially because maybe physically he was actually changed during the crucifixion and resurrection. It's fascinating when you look at the accounts in the scriptures that there's a whole lot of questioning of like, who are you, Lord? (laughs) Or like, who are you? We don't recognize you. But they could recognize from the voice, they could recognize from the motion, but maybe maybe not physically. It's an interesting conjecture. I hadn't considered that before. But in any case, they throw their nets on the other side. And while in the first story at the beginning of the Gospels, the nets broke, or they, they started to break. In this case, the nets were so full, they couldn't pull them into the ship, like into their boat. They had to tow the nets behind. And when John says, that's the master, then Peter gets really excited and he takes off some of his clothes and goes swimming off to greet Jesus. They weren't super far offshore. But I love this picture because it's it's never fun to go out and try to work on something with no result. The idea of fishing all night and catching nothing is uh, just so disheartening. You know, I've spent all this time. How am I going to feed my family? The frustrations that come with work without a profit is very, very frustrating. And yet here is Jesus and he comes and they obey. They throw it out on the other side. There's some level of hope. And I'm not much of a fisherman, but I feel like I have seen places where there are fish and the waters are stirring. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like the pot is boiling or something that there's um, little ripples of movement. There's little bits of fins that surface. And so this idea of saying like, throw your nets on the other side. There's an enormous school there. You just can't see. There's no evidence, no visual evidence. That that would be hard to swallow. I mean, if you're a fisherman, you know what you're looking for. You know, you know what the ripples uh, signify. And so the fact that they send out their nets in a place where there was apparently no visual sign is so beautiful that they were willing to try. And so one of the words, I guess, around this is it could be that you need to cast your net on the other side. (laughs) It could be that what you're trying right now is not working. And so whatever the other side might look like, maybe do that. And so Lord, that seems like a really um, obscure message, 
and not easy to understand, but Lord, for anyone that this actually applies to, I pray that you would give the light of inspiration around what that is supposed to look like. Thank you, Jesus. I also love the aspect of this story that it's the abundance of Jesus that makes him known to them. That uh, I think it's Chris Valentin who says that it wasn't like they caught one minnow and then John is like, oh, yep, just barely getting by. It must be the Lord. No, it's an abundant catch that, you know, like this sense of like, oh my goodness, only the Lord would do something with this much abundance and magnificence. And I recognize that that isn't the story in every situation. <laughs> when we look at the life, the lives of the disciples after Jesus ascended, out of the 11 remaining, uh, 10 of them were martyred. We know and John died as an exile on the island of Patmos. So it's not like they had their huge catch of fish and then everything from then on in their lives was just uh, incredible bounty and amazingness. No, that would <laughs> that would not be the walk of faith. But it's it's beautiful to say that at least one aspect, one facet of the Lord is this beautiful and amazing abundance. So we do thank you for that, Lord. But then I also appreciated so much my friend Cindy. She said, I've been reflecting on these verses. And when we're dealing with disappointment, and we all deal with it, right? It's a thing. <laughs> she said, but the Lord is always up to something good. And I just thought that was so beautiful. Like, you're going through it. It's not very fun, but the Lord is up to something good. And so Lord, for the places that feel a little bit like I have been fishing all night and haven't caught anything. Thank you, Jesus, that you are always up to something good. We ask that you would hasten the day or hasten the time where we get to see what that goodness is. But we also thank you that you are in the midst of our lives. We give you praise, Jesus. Amen.